Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17 It says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wile of the devil. Let me just park there for just one second. Unless you have the armor of God in this season, you will not be able to withstand in the evil day. And it goes on to say that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Not just pieces. Take up the whole armor. Everybody say the whole armor. The whole armor armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts from who? The wicked one. You may have your seats. I have been waiting all week to get behind this podium. I was telling my kid, I was going to say kids, plural, but one of them is three-year-old. I didn't tell this to her. I, I told my nine-year-old this. I said, you know what's the most fun to Cohen? He's nine. I said, you know what is the most awesome part of what, what I do? He said, what, daddy? I said that I get to destroy the devil's kingdom. And, and I've been waiting all week because when you see, Reinhard Bonnke said it like this. They asked him why he shouted a lot. I got a chance to sit with Reinhard Bonnke and talk with him actually a couple of times. He is by far my favorite, not just evangelist, but man of God who's ever stepped foot on the earth. He's just such a pinnacle of just such an example. He's a general He was a man of God who seen his ministry win over 80 million with an M. 80 million people won to Christ. But he said these words and it shook me. He said, when I see the people of God and how tormented they are, and they said, why did you you preach so hard? He said, when I I see that, when I see people's marriages in shambles, when when I see people sick in their body, when I see them tormented, he said, I will not purr like a kitten. He said, I have to roar like a lion. And so all week, I get phone calls. I I understand where many of your lives are are at, and I have many, many friends that are going through many things right now. And after 20 years of being walking with the Lord and and many years being in ministry, I, I think by far it's safe to say that this is probably the most intense season of warfare I've ever seen. Oh, you got things, everything's great in your life right now? No. When I talk to people, 
and they tell me what they're going through. It's, it's one thing. We, we cannot be those kind of people who demonize everything. Okay, the first sniffle or sneeze, you know, it's the devil. You know, I, I, came, I came from that. You know, there's a demon behind every tree. We don't want to be those kind of people. But we, we do want to be the type of people who are discernful and knowing seasons and where we're at in the body of Christ. Because if you're not, listen, you cannot gain victory over something that you're not aware of. Do you know I've been in ministry with people, I have to tell you this, with ministers who absolutely, they, 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 I wouldn't say they would hate, but they are very careful on putting any emphasis on the enemy whatsoever. Yet many of those people had some of the greatest struggles in their lives. They, they didn't, because they didn't, you can't, you, can't, you can't overcome something that you're not aware of. You can't, you can't conquer something that you can't confront or won't confront. You can't adequately fight something if you're fighting it with the wrong tools. And so this morning, I want to equip you with a few tools so that you can gain victory in your lives. How many want victory in their lives in this season? So when I, when I think about the body of Christ right now and, and kind of where we're at, meaning, meaning the church as a whole... When we talk about the enemy, when we talk about the powers of darkness, we talk about the devil, we talk about, you know, how the enemy works. I have to be honest with you. Sometimes I get a little uneasy because it makes people uneasy. And you can kind of see that through their expression on their faces. I, I, I get a chance. I know you can't all see your faces right now, but I get the, the beautiful chance to see everybody's faces and see your responses. But people get a little bit uneasy. And, and I, think, I think why, probably rightfully so, some of it is that I think some of these topics have been abused and maybe miscommunicated and maybe not taught well. And there, there are usually three different types of people I get when ministering this kind of message. And how many know we don't put a ton of, of emphasis here at Ascension Christian, Christian Center on the devil? We put more emphasis on God. But we, we cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices at the same time. But there's usually three different type of people when I minister a message like this that fall in these three categories. Number one, the people who think who know the enemy is at work, but they really give no other thought to it out of fear that the enemy will attack them. Remember when I was talking about earlier that sometimes the enemy will try to get you to stop praying. He'll turn up the heat in certain areas of your life. He'll manifest through a boss. Come on, even through a child, circumstances, maybe in marriage, a friend. Something will erupt in your life as you continue to pursue God. I've, I've seen it even through the area of tithing and giving offerings. When I started giving early on in my Christian walk, it was like everything would go wrong in my finances as soon as I would start giving. Well, listen, as soon as you start praying, as soon as you start coming to church, as soon as you start pursuing God, the enemy will often orchestrate circumstances to get you to retract and to retreat. How many want to be in the other category? The second person is the person who denied that there is hell in the very existence of Satan. Believe it or not, there are many, many, and I say many a third time, emphatically, many churches who do not preach on hell, who do not preach that there is Satan. They only preach that there is a heaven. Now, the thing is, is that church is halfway right. But to be halfway right in the kingdom of God is to be in error or to be in heresy. Because God, there's a full counsel to God. There are two sides of the story. And if I only warn you of half of a truth, you will ultimately fall into deception, right? If your boss only instructs you how to do your job halfway, you will not get to the finish line. 
right? And so we have to have the full counsel of God. And so some people fall in the category of believing that there is no hell. This is what I'm going through is just circumstantial. This sickness is just circumstantial. This warfare that I'm going through is just circumstantial. It's just, I'm just in a valley. And then there's a, a, a third person who I grew up mostly around these type of people who demonize everything. Everything is a demon. Everything that goes wrong in my life is the devil. That sneeze is a devil. That sickness and that pain, I've cast into, you know, just a little, you get a thorn or, you know, one of those, what do they call those when you get, you know, a splinter in your finger. It's the devil. And, and when you fall into sin, the, the devil made me do it. And, and so, so you have those, some specific people who would fall into this category of just demonizing every single thing. And I want to encourage us as a church, as the people of God, not to fall in any of those three brackets. Uh, the person who falls underneath bracket number one, as I said, they're afraid of the enemy. The second person is the person who, uh, to me, this is the greatest deception actually, is to preach that there is not even a w true war going on. And that third person who demonizes everything, it seems to talk more about the devil and preach more about the devil than God. I think all of these are bad, but let's not be a people who ignore that the f there's a fact that there is a fight. Let's not be a people who deny that there's even a fight that exists. Let's not be a people who go looking for the fight, but let's be a people who when the enemy shows up, we simply yet aggressively push back. And that's, why I want to, that's where I want to minister from this morning. I feel that we're in a season when you feel the opposition, when you feel the enemy coming against you like a flood, we have to push back. I want you to look at somebody with like a lion, like you got a lion in your eyes, like the lion of Judah and say, push back. Don't growl at them. You're going to scare them. Say, push back. Push back. Yeah, yeah. If, if, we, if we're going to push back in this season, how do we push back? You have to have an understanding and recognize that there is a spiritual battle going on right now. Most of us will think that COVID is just a thing, but can I tell you that this is a, this is a spiritual thing? It just, whatever happens in the spirit begins to manifest in the natural. Can I tell you that this sickness is much of it, and not all of it, is an attempt to choke out the voice of the Lord. Do you know that the voice of the Lord is not Donnie Smith? It's not even ministers, but it is a, it's, it's, it's the house of the Lord. It's where God's voice should be projected. It's where it should be communicated. It's where people learn godliness and righteousness. The Bible says that the, that the house of the Lord, the word of God, is to train us in righteousness so that we might come into the fullness of him, meaning Jesus Christ. In other words, understand him, learn to act like him, learn to walk like him, talk like him, and get results. Results. And so if the enemy can lose something in the earth that hinders the body of Christ, have you realized that it was all about freedom of speech and it's freedom for speech for much of those who are outside of the body of Christ? But as soon as you start speaking truth, you can speak anything but truth these days. Oh, am I the only one who's realized that? I've never been nixed off of Facebook, but as soon as you start putting some truth up or even just offering hope, not even aggressively, very lovingly, the voice of the Lord, the enemy is trying to stifle out and snuff out the voice of the Lord in the earth in this hour. So COVID is much more than just a sickness. Come on, there's a spirit behind what's happening in the earth right now. So we have to first and foremost recognize that we are in a spiritual battle. And can I tell you that we are in the fight for our lives. We're in the fight for the church's life. And if you think everything that is happening in your life is by happenstance, you will never fight back. 
I have to say this, ignorant is not bliss. Do you know, and, and I learned this scripture very quickly at the age of 17, 18 years old, being under my pastor. He quoted this scripture every sermon. It seemed like he preached on it. He says, he quoted this scripture. It says, my people, and it's God talking. Say it's God talking. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of of knowledge. In other words, if you don't know what you're up against, it's very difficult to make adjustments. And right now we're in a season of time where we have to adjust our stance. We can no longer stand with our two feet side by side. We're in a time and a season where we have to adjust our stance in the kingdom of God because you can't push back with both your heels clapped together Come on, you have, to, you have to adjust your stance. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 6, stand therefore. And if you're gonna stand, you have to kind of widen your stance based on the season that we're in in order to push back because ignorance is not bliss. Come on, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says this, least Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. You can't be ignorant of Satan's devices. I was going to say, look at somebody. Don't look at somebody and say that, though. Just look straight and say, don't be ignorant of his devices. Yeah, we have to. This is like the G.I. Joe. I grew up watching G.I. Joe as a, as a little kid and uh, back in the 90s in particular. And I, I love their slogan. And the slogan was this, knowing is half the battle. Somebody say, knowing, knowing. is half the battle. Come on, I'm looking at some of you. Don't know, you don't know what I'm talking about. How many of you remember G.I. Joe? Sometimes knowing is half the battle. Knowing what you are engaged in gives you a vantage point in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that, that, that our adversary, the enemy, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's what 1 Peter chapter, chapter 5 says. That the enemy, our adversary, he looks for opportunity. And having knowledge of that helps you get in position to push back against the enemy. And Satan's greatest weapon is deception. Do you know, do you know some of the greatest things I've seen in the church, not this church, praise the Lord, is, is pastors, people who are pastors, who are ministers, do not believe the existence of Satan or his work in the earth. They offer hope to people on Sunday mornings, which is great. But, but what I've seen uh, in individuals' lives that are being pastored under this type of leadership never equip the people of God to walk in true victory in their lives. So what happens is, is we have people gathering on Sunday mornings, but it's almost like you have to um, put a defibrillator on them and resurrect them each Sunday morning. Do you know the Lord doesn't want you in survival mode six days a week? He wants you to walk in victory in every area. I said every, every area of your life, Monday through Sunday. But when we are ignorant of the enemy's devices, we cannot walk in victory because you cannot conquer what you're not aware of. And so this, I love this scripture because it, it, it's giving much emphasis on how how the enemy operates. He, he calls them principalities. He calls them powers. He underlines all these things, letting you know that we are in a war that's no joke, that we have to equip ourselves so that we can walk in the victory that the Lord's calling us to. How many are done? Have you ever in your life gone through opposition after opposition and it seems like you're, you're finding yourself in this revolving door? Do you know what revolving doors truly are? 
They're the enemy's ways of keeping you from going through the door that the Lord wants you to go through. The Lord will set up certain infrastructure, excuse me, the enemy will set up certain infrastructures and put up certain resistances in your life because he doesn't want you to reach the finish line. The Lord wants you to progress. The Lord wants you to be blessed. Yes, he wants you to be healthy. Yes, he wants you to be whole. Yes, he wants you to walk in victory. Yes, he wants you to walk with him. He wants you to hear his voice. He, he wants you to experience him in a deeper way, but the enemy doesn't. Amen? So you have to expect the fight. Somebody say, expect a fight. Expect a fight in 1 Peter uh, chapter 4. This scripture ministered to me this past week. It starts in verse 12. It says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. We are in a spiritual battle by default. As soon as you said yes as a child of God, you were initiated into that army. Did you know that? As soon as you said yes, you didn't just say yes to being blessed, to being healthy, to being whole. You said yes to being in a battle, and you are on a battlefield right now. And, and, and to, be, to be on the sideline in this battle can cause casualty. I was talking to an individual the other day. He was actually at this church. He doesn't attend this church. I knew him, and I knew him as a man of God who the devil was absolutely afraid of. I mean, he was godly. I've known him for many, many years. And so he came here and he proceeded to tell me, I asked him where he went to church. And he says, well, I still love God, but I'm not in church anymore. And then he proceeded to tell me all of the struggles that he's going through. And he began to tell me, you know, he's married. He has, you know, he has a business. He has a home. It's, it's wonderful. He, his, his life externally is wonderful. But he began to tell me of all the struggles that he was going through. And I said, well, you sound like that, 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 that picture where David was sitting on the rooftop when he should have been out at battle. Do you guys remember that? And when you, when, you, when you are sitting down when you should be in the battle, you begin to lose the war. You begin to lose battles when you sit by. Listen, Jesus is so much more than just somebody who wants to encourage you on a Sunday morning. He wants to build you. He wants to equip you. He wants, you to, he wants to make you dangerous he wants to make you a dangerous believer who overtakes and pushes back the enemy to help establish God's kingdom. Say, God wants to build me. Say, God wants to use me. And so let me tell you this. When you're experiencing this kind of fight that I'm talking about, this fight that's coming against you, and I, I just have a hunch this morning. I have a prophetic hunch that each and every one of us are experiencing some level of resistance from the enemy this morning. It's a sure sign that you are disappointing the enemy. And that you're causing the kingdom of darkness to shudder. Otherwise, he wouldn't oppose you. Amen. That's right. It's a sign that you are on track. It's a sign that you are praying. It's a sign that you are pressing into God or else he wouldn't oppose you. And sometimes it's not just externally. Sometimes it's internally. Sometimes it's not just circumstances, finances, job, or boss. Sometimes it's internally. And it happens, first and foremost, I have to tell you where this warfare is. It's between these two ears right here. Joyce Myers called it the battlefield of the mind. Where the enemy will begin to whisper, you ought to quit. 
you know God's not working, don't you? God's not going to do this miracle in your life. You, you ought to stop going to church because it's, it's really not serving any real purpose in your life. And in those moments, you have to do what David did. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Come on, if the pastor's not going to encourage me, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. If my friend Sally's not going to call me and encourage me in the Lord, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. It's when you need to get into the word of God yourself to encourage yourself. And that's what the Bible says David did. He even strengthened himself in the Lord. And that's what the word of God does. It strengthens you in the middle of the battle. The Bible says that the word of God is sharp. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so what it does is it strengthens you. And when you strengthen yourself in the word of God and in prayer, it gives you a vantage point over the enemy. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, you're closer than you think. You're closer you're closer than you think. Do you, know what, you, do you know what America is experiencing right now? I see somebody looking at their watch. Don't worry, I don't have much longer. We have church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the, the United States of America is experiencing great birth pains. We call it birth pains. See, I grew up around some Pentecostal women too. And when I, when I say I grew up when I got saved around the age of 17, I'm talking about those women who would pace the floors and they groaned and they, they prayed. Some of you guys don't know nothing about that. They, they just, they would walk the, they would walk. I mean, you, you just, when you needed prayer, those are the people you wanted praying for you. They hooped, they hollered, they shouted, they prayed, they shut a bought a Honda, they prayed in tongues, they laid hands, but demons trembled. And, and that's what we have to do in this season. And, and listen, this is when we have to pray most of all. We call, in, in the natural, we call it when a woman is going through, they call it Lamont's, is Lamont's breathing. Is that what they call it? That's what prayers are. Is, is that's, this is why it's so critical to pray in this hour because we're, we're praying, we're pushing, we're going through birth pains. Every great revival historically was birthed on the back end of great depressions. Of great, of great difficulty, of great hardship, of great warfare. And I don't care. All I need is 20 people in the room that know how to pray. I don't need three or 400 of them because every great revival was sparked and birthed and shook kingdoms. Come on. It only took 12 apostles to shake the world. Excuse me, 11 of them. And it shook a nation. It only took three women in Topeka, Kansas, who put their head in a crate and caused revival to spark all over the world that touched 6 million homes. It only took a, a black man by the name of William J. Seymour by himself pacing the floors with two other guys along with him praying and it birthed the Pentecostal movement. It just takes a few people praying, a few people seeking, a few people pressing, a few people that are going to stand up in the midst of every fiery dart with flames all around them. I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to press into the things of God. I'm not going to relent. I'm going to put my hand against the plow and not look back. I'm not going to listen to these voices of defeat. Come on. I'm not going to watch this resistance. I'm not going to allow my eyes to lie to me. I'm going to believe in the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to listen to your spirit and not look at what's external in your life. Sometimes you have to listen to what the word of God says. Smith Wigglesworth said it like this. I believe more. He said, I, he, listen, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. 
He said, I believe more in my faith than my circumstances. Come on. Come on. And if you listen to your faith, your faith has eyes to see. Come on, Jesus. And can I tell you, I hath not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for some of you guys. I hath not seen, but your faith has eyes. And when you're in the season of warfare, you have to listen to what God once told you. And don't allow your circumstances to talk you off the mountain to go back to living life normally. When you signed up to be a Christian, you signed up for a life that wasn't normal. A life that is full of faith, full of miracles. But don't think it's strange that this fiery trial is to try you. It's a sign that you are pushing back. Thirdly, push back with your words. I am very careful about what... I am not a perfectionist when it comes to speaking positively all the time, although some of you would like to believe that. Sometimes I do get just a tiny bit discouraged. And we all do at times. But I don't stay there very long. And the Lord is teaching me the importance of speaking the word of God, number one, most importantly, and then also making declarations. Somebody say, push back with your words. Proverbs 18, 21, Dean quoted it earlier. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If, if you are sick in your body, be careful who you call and complain to. Be careful what you allow continue to utter, yourself utter out of your mouth. Be, be careful be careful. You know, it's so funny because when people get around me, you know, I'll hear them cussing around the corner when they come to talk to me. They don't, you know, they, they speak in tongues and I got to get somebody to interpret for them. You know, they all of a sudden get real spiritual, you know, or they'll put out a cigarette around the corner, they'll spray themselves with perfume and then come around me. You know, they try to hide the stuff from pastor. They get super spiritual. Then they start telling me about their vision in the dream they had last night, in the holy visitation, they seen Jesus. Yeah. They blame it. They, I just came out of the smoke of glory. You know, they just, it's amazing when they see a minister, they just, you know, go to a whole nother level. But, but, I, but I am learning, I'm learning that my tongue is like a water fountain that waters my circumstances. And you can either, listen, life is tough, but the enemy, can I tell you this? I almost preached recently a message called, if I were the devil. I'll just give you a little glimpse of it. Can I give, it, give you a little glimpse of it? If I were the devil, I would make your circumstances so tough that you'd want to give up on God. If I were the enemy, I would continue to make it a reoccurring pattern so that you begin to speak only what you see and not what you believe. I, I would whisper thoughts of defeat in you so much that, 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 that not only would you be discouraged and depressed, but you begin to speak about how you feel versus what your faith says. I, I would begin to get you to declare even over your circumstances because your tongue is like a fountain. 
it waters your circumstances. It waters your reality. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. If you have children who are wayward, stop talking about what they're doing and start talking to them as if they were men or women of God. If, if, if your boss is not paying you enough and you feel that you deserve more, stop saying, I deserve more. And start just thanking God for an abundance of finances and for multiplying what God has allowed you to get. You see what I'm saying? Don't, don't say when, you, when someone calls you, uh, you know, I'm sick in my body and you tell them about all of your seven aches and pains. Yes, have somebody that you can tell your circumstances to. But if it's a reoccurring conversation with everybody, let me just tell you something. You're not changing your situation by talking negatively about it. You have to begin to speak life over every difficult situation in your life. So you, your reality begins to get created. Did you know that you're a procreator just like God? Based on how we speak? And one way, the enemy hates when we speak the word of God. He hates when we declare positively, in alignment, not just positively, because we're not positive. We don't want to get into this whole thing of just positive thinking. We want to speak the word of God, because Jesus, excuse me, God, Jesus, Jesus, God, created the world in six days. What did he do? How did he create it? He spoke it. When Jesus healed multitudes, the Bible says that he spoke and multitudes were healed by his word only. Only give me a word, Jesus, and my servant will be made well. It was a word. And now we get into John chapter 14, verse 12, and now Jesus said this, now that he's leaving the earth, he said, greater works you will do than I did because I go to the Father. So guess what? God has now entrusted you with his word to speak his word. Come on, somebody say, speak the word. This old nursery song that we grew up hearing, words do not hurt. Although it sounds cute, it's a lie. Words do hurt and they hurt our future. They hurt our current Amen? And words do matter. Hallelujah. And one way that we fight the enemy is by using the word of God to oppose him and to push back because heaven moves at the sound of your words. Oh, I know you, you've been waiting on Jesus to work in your circumstance, but maybe the Lord has been waiting on you to speak. Yes. While we're saying God changed my situation, let me ask you, have you been complaining about that situation? Has the enemy been using your mouth? Oh, these are strong words. Has the enemy been using your mouth like a puppet on a string to speak death over your situation, to keep you in a season longer than God even wanted you to be? We have to submit our tongues to the Lord. I have seen immensely godly people have their tongues used like a puppet on a string. And oftentimes what we speak, what we declare, we see it as just talking to a friend. But you know what the Lord calls it? Declaration. We, we say we're just, you know, we're just talking. I'm just, I'm just venting. You know what the Lord calls it in the word? Declaration. Speaking. Yeah. Somebody say, speak life. Look at somebody with conviction in your eyes and say, speak life. Yes, yes. Power, words have power to build relationships 
and break them. They have the power to create. They have the power to inspire victory in your life or create defeat. Words are powerful. God spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke to the disciples and told them what to speak. They spoke it, and they got it. Amen? Because you were made in the image of God. Hallelujah. Last but not least, and you can stand to your feet, and I'll close. I know I went over. Hallelujah. Is everybody okay? Go over. Yes, Lord. We have to learn to push back, not just with words, but in our mind. This is important. I want everybody to hear this one. We have to push back in our minds. I want want to share this with you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 6, it says this, For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. Somebody say, we're in a war. But they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now watch this. Casting down arguments. Let me ask you something. Are you having arguments in your own mind right now about what God's going to do in your life? About what he spoke to you? Is there a back and forth? Is there an argument? Well, the Bible says that you should cast down every argument and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, if what you're hearing between your ears doesn't line up with what God said, cast it down. Cast it down. Say, cast it down. Cast it down that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, if your kids do not look like what God said when they were born, cast it down. If your job doesn't look like what God spoke in your heart. Cast it down. If that opportunity that you've wanted to open up to you in your life, it doesn't look like your circumstance doesn't look like God, cast it down. If your body, even though pastor prayed for you and called you healed, you look at them hurt knees, mom. The Bible says, let the weak say that I am strong. Ah. Cast it down. If your children are leaving and moving to Kansas City and you think they don't love you, cast it down. If your body is still hurting, If it don't seem like revival is coming, come on. Cast it down. Have you ever taken time to think about what you thought about? Isn't it funny how we struggle? I thank you, Lord. This is, I feel this is good. Isn't it funny how when you have a struggling week mentally, a week, W-E-E-K. You have a struggling week. You, you go through the motions and it's tough. And then when you, you get to Sunday morning and many of those thoughts flee you, am I the only one that feels like that? 
Am I the only one who feels that way? You want to know why? It's because when you get into a certain presence, it can't dwell there. Yeah. It can't be there. There's times throughout the week I text the team, I can't wait to be around you guys. I can't wait. I know what the Bible says. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. One thing I love about the thought of revival is that when true revival hits, it's every day of the week. And you get to be in an atmosphere where the enemy can't torment you. But can I tell you, you can be at your home cleaning out your closet. and the enemy not be able to touch you. But you have to push back in your mind. The mind is where the enemy attacks the most. You know what Smith Wigglesworth said, and I I am closing in just a minute. Getting ready to close. I'm having fun this morning. Can I just be myself sometimes? Smith Wigglesworth said, there is a difference between evil thoughts and thoughts of evil. Did you hear what I said? Most people don't know how to discern the difference. There are evil thoughts and then thoughts of evil. I'm talking about pushing back in your mind. Evil thoughts are thoughts that the enemy just throws in your mind. Thoughts. You can cast those down. But then when you think and you meditate and you desire those evil thoughts... Those are things that you're dwelling on and that you want. That's a difference. There's a difference. There's corrupted thoughts that we can think. Is that too heavy for some of you? There's thoughts that can pass through your mind, an image, an ungodly image, an ungodly thought. And that goes through your mind and you're like, where did that come from? The devil, the enemy, demonic forces, principalities and powers, rulers of the air, wickedness in the heavenly places. But then there are thoughts of evil that we can have ourselves, that we conjure up and entertain. There's a difference. So just because you have evil thoughts doesn't mean you're an evil thinker. Those can be from the enemy. It's when you dwell on it and you meditate on it and you begin to own it. He tries to get you to own it. But you got to visualize like a trash can in your mind that when the enemy's whispering defeats and saying, you're not going to make it. This sickness is going to have you forever. God doesn't care about you. You can't pay your bills. When those thoughts come in your mind, you have to develop this trash can in your mind that says, nope, not going to accept that one. And you have to put it in your spiritual trash can. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.